0: good morning and welcome to hudson institute here in dc we are a research organization promoting american leadership for a secure free and prosperous future my name is jeremy hunt and i'm a media fellow here and today we'll be discussing the continued fight for religious freedom in china and as many of you know the chinese communist party continues to persecute religious minorities and commit countless human rights abuses and despite China's attempts to mask their atrocities, reports show evidence of forced mass sterilization, separating children from their families, and forced labor camps for those who dare to practice the religion of their choice. What are the implications of these atrocities for American national security strategy? Well, today we have a senior fellow and director of the, C- of the Center for Religious Freedom here at Hudson, uh, our, our very own Nina Shay. So thank you so much for being here with us, Nina. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to introduce you to everyone watching um, at home. Nina Shea is a senior fellow here at Hudson Institute, where she directs the Center for Religious Freedom, an entity that she founded. Uh, She has been a, a human rights lawyer for 40 years and has worked extensively for the advancement of religious freedom and U.S. foreign policy as it confronts Islamic extremism and authoritarian regimes around the world. And she advocates on behalf of those persecuted for religious reasons abroad. She helped launch and lead the coalition to adopt the International Religious Freedom Act of 1998, and from 1999 to 2012, she served as commissioner on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. And she's been appointed seven times by the U.S. House of Representatives. She uh, she was also appointed as a a U.S. delegate to the United Nations main human rights body for both Republican and Democratic uh, administrations. She authored or or co-authored three books on religious persecution and genocide. Uh, Her her co-authored book, Silenced, on the Threat of Freedoms Posed by Islamic Blasphemy and Hate Speech Codes, uh, was published by Oxford University Press. And for over a decade, beginning in 2006, she authored or edited four widely publicized reports on extremist doctrine in Saudi state educational materials, and even testified in Congress and met with political leaders uh, until those texts were, were finally revised. And she also just frequently testifies at congressional hearings and briefings. Her research and analysis has formed the basis of a a bill on persecution in Nigeria, uh, which was reintroduced in Congress uh, this year. And she continues to write on international religious freedom concerns in the Wall Street Journal, National Review, Foreign Affairs, First Things, and and various other national outlets. And she organizes strategy working groups, conferences, briefings, and podcasts on this very issue. Um, So we're just so honored to have her here with us. Uh, Nina Shea, she has briefed. Presidents, secretaries of states and officials that we're happy to have you here with us to talk about this important issue of religious persecution uh, in, in China. Um, so, I, Nina, I just wanted to first start off, if you could just give us kind of a general overview of how the CCP has been pursued, uh, persecuting religious minorities today. What, kind of, what What is an update? What's going on right now?
1: Well, I think it's um, important to get clear that China is persecuting all the minorities, the religious minorities, every single one of them. It has different rationales for doing it. You know, someone's seeking independence or someone's, you know, involved in terror or someone's uh, colluding with foreign. Uh, but even even still, th- th- there is um, definitely an ideology that's hostile to religion, and it's not simply that um, religion is the opiate of the people uh, that the Communist Party has adopted, it's because a religion across the board believes in a, a, a higher authority that believes in a different value system, a different morality. And um, it believes in individual dignity. Um, and uh, the, the party cannot abide that. It cannot tolerate it. It allowed it for uh, to to uh, exist for under uh, and even grow um, in the underground for a couple decades, always making life difficult for them across the board. But now there's a, a, a concerted crackdown, I think, to eradicate religion. And it's obvious, most obvious right now with the Uyghur Muslim community, which is. Um, the the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is waging a genocide, according to the United States government. Um, Secretary Pompeo announced de- designated it as a genocide, and so did Secretary Blinken. So you have two administrations that agree that there is a genocide being waged against the weaker Muslim people. Um, the Christians, there's a little bit more subtlety with this, but life is extremely difficult. There's a, a oppression. We can get into that. There are eight or nine bishops that are Catholic bishops who are in detention, in secret detention today. Wow. And um, and and then the Tibetan Buddhists, it 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 has very tight controls over a very tight blanket of surveillance in the Tibetan region. Um, marking their every move, Falun Gong, it has waged, which is a homegrown spiritual movement that um uh is an offshoot of Buddhism. so it's it's really an indigenous um form of uh, spirituality. And they have been, uh, I, in my view, subject to a genocide as well um, through mostly through forced organ harvesting. So across the board, you see this horrific repression. And there's a couple characteristics um, to it. Uh, one is that the government tries to hide it. It's extremely secretive about it. It it cordons off the entire area of Xinjiang where the the Muslims are, the Uyghur Muslims, so no one can go in and verify what's going on. Um, It it doesn't give access to its prisons and detention camps. Um, It it, um, is particularly uh, uh, intent on hiding what it's doing to the Christians. and and how it's squeezing them and how it's banned all children across the board um, from being exposed to religion, to entering a church or any other house of worship, and um, going to Bible school or um, catechism classes, um, learning about religion or praying. So it's banned children. And it's um, cracking down on this through surveillance cameras, uh, through spies, um, so that in a generation we may not see religion in china in i suspect because if um the next generation cannot be to learn about it it becomes um, a, a criminal offense that affects your um life um through pun- various punishments then um it's going to um be be repressed and and possibly even die out
0: wow Wow. And I, I kind of want to dive a little deeper into you, you brought up the uh, first the Uyghur Muslims and also some of the Catholic bishops. I want to talk about both of those. Um, but, but first on the on the Uyghurs, can you kind of walk us through um, how this kind of developed over time? Have they been, um, how many years has this been going on? They've been in these forced camps and the, and the mass aerialization. Can you, you kind of give us a little history of, of specifically as it relates to the Uyghurs?
1: Yeah, so the Uyghur Muslims live in a particular region, Xinjiang, in a western um, remote area in in, uh, China uh, along the border. And um, we started noticing through uh, satellite photography that there was a construction of uh, these massive buildings, and they it became apparent that these were prisons, that these were detention camps, massive um, complexes. And uh, the, then there were Uyghur Muslims who managed to get out or hear from loved ones, uh, but were trickled out in you know uh, 2017, 2018 um, that they were being rounded up by the hundreds of thousands. In fact. The, our our military analysts looked at these structures and 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 de, and uh, determined they could hold up to three million uh, people. So there uh, there have been millions, uh, at least one million is the commonly accepted figure, of Uyghur Muslims taken into detention camps. They're completely secret. They have no access to any independent observers. There is um, forced education. It's a brainwashing indoctrination. Um, they are. Meanwhile, their mosques, by the hundreds, by the thousands, have been um, bulldozed and and destroyed. They're um, they are singled out if they wear beards or if they fast on Ramadan, for example, the Muslim uh, period of fasting. So any uh, real display of religion is punished. They've also uh, reported that they are. Um, being forcibly sterilized inside these camps. And um, that's something that we have to always keep in mind, that this is the modern face of repression. They do not go out in the streets with um, maybe uh, uh, knives and 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 behead people. They don't put them against the wall and shoot them for the public uh, to see. But behind closed doors, they are taking the knives and using them to uh, do medical procedures against um, prisoners will. Um, One is this forced sterilization, forced abortions against the Uyghurs, also um, forced organ harvesting to the Uyghurs now as they did to the Falun Gong and continue to do to Falun Gong. Um, And uh, so this is the modern face of repression and they've perfected on a massive scale. And this was corroborated, um, Jeremy, by um, population figures published by the government of China itself, so that you could see that the birth rate um, was plummeting in the Uyghur area, disproportionate with the rest of the country. That co- so that it corroborated the fact that there were fewer children being born. Wow! Again, is... to eradicate yeah. the, this people, the next generation—not uh, not only to eradicate their faith, but to eradicate them. So that is the very definition
0: of genocide. Absolutely, and, and and particularly on the forced organ harvesting, I know that there's a there's new legislation now on the House floor addressing this very issue, and you've been at the forefront of advocating for against a lot of this. Um, so first, you know, what can what what can new legislation do to attack this problem, um, and and what do you see as kind of the the way forward, and how can the international community step up and and, and demand answers here?
1: Well um the forced organ harvesting has been reported since the beginning of this century for about 20 years but the, the west did not want to hear about it it was exactly when uh China was being ushered into the World Trade Organization and we thought you know that there would be a strategy that that China would open up once it became economically more prosperous and a middle class developed that that um has not happened unfortunately um it 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 um coterminous with the coming into the market, uh, the world market, they uh, started practicing um, this forced organ harvesting. And that is taking um, prisoners, detainees, um, especially as we learned from the UN last year, two years ago, in their own findings, that um, religious minorities are being targeted for this. In massive numbers, tens of thousands a year to um, excise their vital organs, hearts, lungs, kidneys um, and um, sell them uh, sell these organ parts in hospitals in China to um, to patients. So uh, the members uh, high-ranking members of the Chinese Communist Party also uh, were were the patients uh, are the patients and so are foreign tourists. So the um, this was, um, Again, reported by twelve uh, special experts of the on human rights at the UN. Um, it's also been uh, th- they said they were alarmed by credible evidence that this is happening. Um, there's also the International Society of Heart and Lung Transplantation uh, made a very significant move last year to um, prevent their members from using um, uh, or 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 publicizing. Um, uh, joint research with China on on transplants because of this very reason they said that the 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 mathematical equation for their uh, organ donor list grew by a perfect quadratic equation um so that it's a new organ donor system that started in 2015 before that, they, um, they lied after 2015 the Chinese Communist Party said, well, yes we were using prisoner organs, which is an a, a, you know a terrible ethical breach um because there is no free um, uh, freedom to give consent in those circumstances um to donate your organs. Um, but um, after t- 2015 they claim to have started a, a donor, um system organ donor system and we've seen over time in in um peer reviewed journal article analysis that these grew by perfect quadratic equations across four uh, organ groups so it's um it's not credible and the whole world has seen recently jeremy with um first the covid and then the balloon that went across from, uh you know how china uh uh deceives it lies it um is secretive it it seals off um, evidence uh so that you do not you cannot confirm one way or the other but through this very strong circumstantial evidence we've determined that there, and, and and um patients from the west have gone to china have told their doctors um that they uh, are sick of waiting for the organ um, transplant in the United States, for example, or in Israel or some other place, they're gonna to go to China because they can get an appointment. Our lists are very long and the delays are very long before you can get an organ transplant. I think it's four years for a kidney in the United States is the wait time. And these desperately sick patients go to China, they can get an organ on demand, make an appointment the next day, they can get a heart lung double transplant. And that's what happened in Israel uh, to uh, a patient. And um, he he told his doctor, and that doctor is a member of the International Society of Transplantation. He drilled down and investigated. And that's how they came to um, adopt their ban last year. Um, what can be done is to stop organ uh, uh, tourism, transplant tourism to China, which is what uh, Congressman Chris Smith um, has. has uh, it's his bill that he introduced on uh, against organ trafficking or organ transplant trafficking, and and that's a big feature of it, Um, and to report uh, a reporting requirement uh, for the President of the United States to identify who is involved in this in in various countries of this horrific practice.
0: So I yeah, we'll definitely hope that gets passed, and so that should be accountability on the issue. And um, and it
1: would know, be the first first statute. I'm sorry, first law in the United States to even acknowledge that this is a problem and to try wow. to do something about it. There a lot more needs to be done. Um, for example, our hospitals, our medical institutions support their transplant China's transplant sector in every way. Um, through fellowships, through education, through uh, financing um, it, through joint research, so it's um, and joint conferences. So this this really has to stop. And our they, our medical sector has been um, blind to this. That it's easy for them to say, "Well, we haven't seen it." That's because China won't let them see it. There won't be there is an access. But if you study the evidence, it's uh, just you cannot turn away.
0: Absolutely, and you know we've seen this with with all the different crackdowns on, on the leakers, and and you've also mentioned the underground church in China, um, Christians there that have been persecuted as well. Even some Catholic bishops thrown mm-hmm. into prison. Um, can you talk talk to us a little a little bit about that, and, and kind of what you've seen, what, what some of the recent reporting is showing us from there?
1: Yes, well, this is against all um, Christian churches, whether it's Protestant or Catholic. There are two main church branches that non-denominational in. China, so it's Catholic or Protestant, and it's happening to both. And um, uh, some of the, like the pastor of the early uh, Reign Covenant Church, is a Protestant leader. He's serving, I think, a seven-year, seven or nine-year sentence just for praying without authorization. Um, his church has been around for a very long time, but the, the C President C um, in 2018 decided to crack down. Um, there are, and there's a a, a Protestant. Um, pastor um, who is American resident, who's in prison, also serving an equally long sentence. Jonathan Cow uh, is his name. And uh, he was just delivering aid to Burma um, across the border. And that was the basis of his arrest. Um, And and, um, so we don't hear about these people and we should. There are about nine uh, Catholic bishops that are um, in detention they do not have any due process. They're not given trials. They're not given um, uh, sent a definite sentence. Uh, but they are um, isolated and uh, hold up under house arrest. Um, sometimes they're stub- a subject to or or um, to an, in one case an empty seminary or some other place. It was a secret place that we don't even know where they are. Um, and and, and uh, some have been held for decades. Some are held for um, months at a time or years at a time. Um, one example, um, Bishop Gia, he um, was running a children's orphanage and um, he was arrested uh, a year or two ago and um, uh, is under, uh, you know, detention. Um, they're subject to... Uh, another bishop was um, accused of of running a secret seminary, and um, he is in and out of uh, detention for months at a time. And there, again, there's no due process, no um, no sentence. It's opened opened um, timeline of how long he could be kept there. Um, but I do have a list of all their names, and um, the only one that we have seen on trial was, of course. Uh, Cardinal Zen of Hong Kong, and um, he was uh, fined, um, a relatively small fine, for an administrative breach in Hong Kong. Um, but he is also under a national security law charge, and that's, or, or, or a suspicion, and he's being investigated for that. It's been going on for almost a year. And so that uh, limits everything he can do and say. um, And uh, he's not under detention, but they have confiscated his passport and he is not free to speak out. So um, there's varying degrees of punishment. There's the um, social credit system, uh, the social credit score system, which is another extremely modern way of dealing with um, control and repression. And this is everyone, every citizen in China, um, every government organization, every business is to be ranked um, and evaluated for whether they're loyal to the party, whether they help the party, um, the Chinese Communist Party. And those who, um, for example, churches who do not screen out children or who allow in uh, someone to attend their worship service, that um, hasn't registered with, with the government, um, uh, they, they are punished. Uh, they could have uh, be denied higher, ruling in higher education. They could be denied transportation. Uh, the government controls um, most of life there, and most of the opportunities and services. So um, they have, you know, digital money can track them when they get on a bus, and sh- and, and 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 the bus driver can kick them off. Um, as a result uh, so this is a very insidious way of controlling your behavior. The Catholic priests and everyone who's in detention it, um, in in the Christians and the Uyghurs, are subject to um, brainwashing, you know constant indoctrination and struggle sessions which in which you're humiliated and browbeaten and forced to, um, renounce your beliefs and to uh, sign a pledge of loyalty to the the party.
0: Wow. And even with the recent protests, has that changed anything? Have, have you seen that move the needle at all? How has the CCP responded to some of the recent protests that have broken out in the last few months?
1: Um, the protests were really very interesting because they did break out in um, twelve of the mega cities uh, across China. And, um, and in many university campuses um, all at the same time. And they were peaceful protests for the most part. And, um, but the government crushed them through surveillance Um, and um, by police action, so they were stamped out. The government then relented on their main demand, which was to lift the zero COVID policy. Um, The government did not let it go at that, though. They went around to whom they perceived to be the ringleaders or supporters, and uh, one professor was put into a psychiatric hospital. She managed to get a phone call out to her um, students to tell them where she was, um, before they took the phone away. Um, another was sent to a, a, an empty uh, village, of v- empty city um, that used to be the, was the uh, President Xi's vision for the tech hub, the Silicon Valley of China that didn't work out. That's an empty uh, city. And and two of the, um, uh, two, pe- two men that they thought were supporting these protesters uh, um, are there. We know that um, indefinitely held. That's their detention. They they're alone, isolated. They can't contact their family. Um, no one's there but them. Um, and, and then there is a, a bridge band who who started who's thought to be the the intellectual inspiration for the protests. He put a banner across the uh, bridge in Beijing uh, s- saying no to mm-hmm. zero COVID, and and um, he's completely disappeared. So. Um, It's and there we don't know the full number that we know there was a number of women in Beijing who were friends who went out to the protests, you know, just lighting a candle or standing around and um, silently holding up blank pieces of paper. It's called the white paper uh, movement, Um, and and they did that to protest censorship. they there, we know that they they made videos of them some of them made videos of themselves and said if you're seeing this video it's because i have disappeared and well. they've been taken away so uh and 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 its effect on the churches well um there another church uh catholic um a rectory and a nuns convent was um, crushed uh, just recently. Another bishop was put in detention or re-upped for more detention in January. So this is continuing. It's relentless.
0: Wow. And Looking at the United States, um, you know, and our response, I mean, first I've heard that there are a lot of reports that China is now harassing even after some of the um even after some Chinese citizens are able to flee the country and come to the United States or other places mm. in the West, they're still being harassed even after they make it to a free country. Um, what is your understanding of those reports and, and kind of what what is going on on that end?
1: Yes, I've talked to um three different groups. Um Falun Gong, Uyghurs, and Catholics, and they told me that they were followed, photographed, um, harassed in the United States. Now, this year, um, this year and last year, that there is um, constant um, uh, attempts to get in touch with them, um, probably for the purpose of coercing them to go back to their own country or to threaten them. And this has also happened, uh, this is widely known. There's a wonderful report uh, by Safeguard Defenders, um, a Spanish group that has documented this. They, they've they said um, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have been forced back into China in recent years um, for the purpose of punishment because they speak they're able to speak freely here about what's going on. And that's what the Chinese are worried about, the Communist Party are worried about. They want to control the narrative worldwide. They're trying to compete with their system, their authoritarian system um, against the West's liberal democracies. They want to show the world that theirs is um, better better system and that they would like other countries, um, particularly in the global South to, to join them. To align to align themselves with them and um, they want to sell them their surveillance equipment to do it. Uh there's also police, um, Chinese police stations have been um planted around the world, including in New York City, um, to and, and the FBI has um um is starting to investigate this. The FBI has also arrested uh several people, I think seven Chinese nationals who are um we're we're bullying and trying to harass other chinese americans uh, or chinese in america i should say um not, not american citizens but uh those who have um moved here um trying to harass them and bully them
0: and how do we make the case for for american citizens or people who are watching the store how do to make the case that look this is in united states national security interests to 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 call out uh, just the atrocities that China is committing against its own people. How do we make the case and kind of make that connection to our own security interests and speaking up against what's going on?
1: Yeah, that's a very important point um, because even people who are not a religious or identify with one of these groups um, ha- should be interested in following what's going on because this really exposes the character of this regime of the CCP. Um, the the practices um, and if we had heeded this this practice of deception and secrecy we would have understood at the beginning of COVID that we could not take their word at face value um, that it wasn't contagious for example um, human contagion um, I I think that it's extremely important that we understand that they're in a competition not only economically and militarily but culturally and and um governance wise and that this is the the true picture that looking at these religious the treatment of these religious communities gives a fuller picture of what this uh chinese communist party is about what it intends to do, how it disregards completely disregards individual freedom and individual dignity, um, and it believes in the in what's valuable to the party or not, as it said in with the social credit score system. So I think for those reasons, we have to pay attention you know the the religious communities are really the only remnant of civil society existing in China. The others that, that have been independent from the the government uh, like uh, trade unions or uh, women's groups or human rights groups or journalist associations um they um either don't exist or they're completely uh, you know self um, uh, censoring and and lying low right now um, during this terrible period of repression there. Um, so the, the religious groups,, um, at least some part of them are um, that are underground um, or have not aligned with the with the Chinese Communist Party, are what's left of civil society society. And um, they are have an institutional support system. And, um, and and persist despite what is going on uh, against them. They have the no. will to persevere.
0: Absolutely, and and I look at even the international community and the response. As you even mentioned, it has been quite muted on a lot of these fronts. Even yesterday, there was this this tweet that the uh, UN put out, applauding China for this eight hundred thousand dollar donation to the Human Rights Fund, and applauding China and saying, you know, others need to join China's lead here. I mean, just it's it's just flabbergasting that they you know just to even try to acknowledge anything China's done on, on human rights. That is um where they've done everything opposite to that. Uh, how do you feel about the UN's response to these and other international bodies and kind of how they can continue to, to finally speak up about what's happening?
1: Um it's it it is stunning how they have been co-opted by China and how they're afraid of China and how they want to please China. Um, you know, we see, we saw that in the World um, Health Organization um, during COVID and initially. Um, we you know, looking at the, the transplant, the forced organ harvesting uh, issue, the Chinese actually proposed, the Chinese Communist Party proposed that there be a task force to control worldwide organ transplants. And the the World Health Organization adopted their idea and appointed a member of the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party as a member of this group. And uh, I've talked to the researchers who did tremendous work to document um, not only testimony of family members and doctors who participated in it, but um, also the numbers of hospital beds and the organs and trying to calculate all the circumstantial evidence And they said that they tried to present this evidence to that task force, and they wouldn't give them the time of day. So no surprise there. Um, So there is a a manipulation um, by China, uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, of the UN.
0: And just kind of as we look at the the future, I mean, what do you see as as the future for um, for religious minorities in China? I mean, is is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see any movement from the West to finally speak up? And do what, what is your kind of uh, view, or your forecast on what on what we should expect in, in the coming years?
1: Well, I think that the Uyghurs um, have definitely come forward and started giving testimony, and um, it's been extremely valuable and and um, heartrending testimony about what has happened to them and to their family members and to their civilization, the destruction of their unique ethnic culture. Um, I, I think that the uh, Christians have have not done that so well. Um, the um, there's very little being said about um, how many house churches in the in the Protestant group have been shut down and what is the fate of their um, pastors and congregations. We, we hardly hear anything about that except when they're on trial and and get actually get sentenced. I mean, Samuel Lamb was one of the uh, well-known figures. It was almost a Protestant pilgrimage when you went to China for a Christian to go to Samuel Lamb's church. And um, it was closed. It was recently closed. It had been tolerated for decades, even though it was never registered with the government. Samuel Lamb himself passed away a couple years ago, but his church in recent years was just closed by the government. Um the Catholic the Vatican has been, uh, you know, just really, very disappointing um in covering up for what's going on, um being part of this conspiracy of silence that the that the government insists on about what's happening to its own bishops. It finally, uh, last fall um, announced that it uh, publicly stated that the the um the agreement, its secret agreement with China, has been breached um, because they appointed, they transferred a bishop without the Vatican's permission or knowledge, and um, that is the Communist Party. So, I mean, I I think they've realized that, I hope they realize that they've, there's been no good fruit born from this uh, secret agreement. We we still don't know the provisions, what it said, but we do know that it was for the appointment of Catholic bishops to to have an, a, an arrangement with with China that there'd be participation on both sides in those appointments, and that has not happened. I mean, the the Vatican, of course, is very. Eager to have bishops because that's the life of the Catholic Church um, stems from the Episcopal duties and um, they're a third of the parish, a third of the diocese are without bishops in China and have been for years, and so without bishops it's going to come to a stop. Wow.
0: Well, you know, as we kind of come to a conclusion here, I wanted to end by asking um. What can everyday Americans at home do to stand up to China? I mean, how can we, there there are so many companies that continue to do business in China that continue to, the CCP continues to profit on Americans buying products and and things manufactured in China. How how do we fight against this? What can everyday Americans do uh, to to step up to this challenge?
1: Well, I think if you're a praying person, you should definitely pray for those who are being persecuted. And, um, and then I think that, you should also educate yourself about what is happening in China to um, all the different religions and um, and whether or not the, you know that they're uh, whether they're not they're religious if they are suffering for human rights. You know, I think of um, Martin Lee, uh, who was the mogul in um, uh, he, he was a, a wealthy businessman in in Hong Kong, still is. Um, still is in hong kong he's in prison and he's facing a possible life sentence for um supporting democracy he ran a independent newspaper in hong kong called the apple daily and uh, because of that uh, dissent he is going may face life imprisonment um he could have left hong kong he has houses around the world but he chose to stay because he wanted to take a stand for freedom and um there are is a camp- letter campaign to write to him but he's a perfect example he's a lay catholic but he's um you know not a, a church official and he uh you know he's one of many um whose names we do know um who are in prison facing life for many years in prison who are being tortured every day um and we should be um, educating ourselves about this, and then we should be talking to our um, uh, elected leaders, and yeah. and pressing them to do something to to stop, uh, to to expose what China is really about in its governance. Do more on what uh, to to do to focus more on China's human rights atrocities.
0: Absolutely. And well, thank you so much, Nina, for just sharing your insights on this and, and exposing what's going on there. Um, and for those of you at watching at home, we just think, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and please stay tuned with us. Continue to check back on the website, Hudson.org, uh, for all of our upcoming events. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks.